Hi, chat. Hi. We're the both wearing black El Dude bros this week. Yay. Slightly something else. I'm Yats Kruger, joined by Matty's Lever. Hello, everyone. And uh, this week, I've got a review of Mortal Kombat 1 coming up. This week for the for the uh, members, the week after mm-hmm. for the, the uh, non-member members. The plebs. And it all raises the question of, is violence sort of overdone these days? Or is that what we're saying? Is violence... Yeah, less less pearl clutching. Like right. I, I want to be clear, neither of us are trying to censor. Neither of us are trying to do, do that bullshit where we say violence in games uh, reflects violence in society. Uh, for me, this idea came upon of all things, uh, not only playing Mortal Kombat One, but seeing that footage of how terrible the Switch port is, and how <laughs> like all of like the textures are like crazy low res, res and simple. And seeing what the fatalities look like on the Switch version kind of like made me see how the sausage is made and made me be like, is this just really dumb? Like, is this like incredibly dumb? And and the fact that like games are trying to push forward, like, ooh, look at how titillating this is. Like, is this like a like 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 juvenile fart comedy uh and so then i was curious if, if any games kind of have anything to say about violence or do violence in a, in a particularly noteworthy way well of course it's dumb I mean, yeah the, top, the topic when you put it out there sort of resonated with me as i thought mm-hmm. about my experience with mortal kombat because uh obviously i played it and uh, then i went to youtube and watched a compilation of all the new fatalities because who the sure. fuck's got can be asked to go and actually try and pull them all off yourself. And I realized mm-hmm. I was sort of zoning out halfway through the video. Yeah. And it's weird to think of it in those terms because obviously these fatalities are astonishingly cruel. Mm-hmm. They are so violent. They're buckets of blood flying everywhere. People getting their arms ripped off and still being alive as they're like beaten to death with their own like gallbladders and shit. Yeah. And it just feels weird that we all just accept that this is a thing that Mortal Kombat does. I mean, if you yeah. look at the story campaign, which I've long equated to Saturday morning cartoons because they're so dumb, it almost feels like uh, it's so completely at odds with the ultra-violent stuff because none of mm-hmm. the violence, for all its explicit nature, has any impact. You do a fatality on a character and, you know, they just walk it off. They're immediately available again on the character's leg screen. Yeah. Yeah, at its like fundamental molecular level, it is goofy as shit. Yeah. And then at an aesthetic level, it's like, oh, you hear those stories about how like artists at uh, uh, Nether Realm had to like do research on like actual crime scenes and like dead bodies, it, and yeah. and I'm like, why? Like, why? <laughs> why are we doing this? Like, why are we making people do this? Like, isn't there a a, a more effective way to to portray this to to, to gain that same sensation from the player? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, through that kind a, of stuff. If you take a step back, Mortal Kombat, as well as uh, uh, being kind of goofy, mm-hmm. it's sort of leaning into that goofiness. There's that whole uh, they do a lot of like jokes, especially when yeah. Johnny Cage is around. There's a lot of humorous dialogues uh, when they have when they do all those bespoke. Uh, unique dialogues when you get unique combinations of characters fighting each other. Yeah, like the the series almost became self uh, re- reflexive when uh, they started introducing like those babyalities and friendships yeah, yeah. and sort of you know turning the violence up on its head. 
And there's a funny thing that they've started doing now where you can change the character who does the announcements in the game, like the one who says fight. And oh, and yeah. you can switch it to Johnny Cage, and as okay. and he like like gives all the characters facetious nicknames. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it just seems so odd. It would be so odd to just explain to someone who'd never seen Mortal Kombat before to like run them past all the goofy shit, let them play the story campaign, uh, where everyone's just palling about and it's really badly written, and everyone's like all the villains are monologuing like Skeletor. Mm-hmm. And then to show them the fucking fatalities, and the, the, you're like, "What the hell? What this is? The tone has just flipped on a dime. This is now monstrous, like Italian horror movie level gore." Yeah, yeah, and it's like simultaneously trying to be incredibly realistic while being clearly uh, like slapsticky at the same time, yeah. which just feels like they're those two ideas are kind of at odds with each other. Sonic the Hedgehog is the emperor of tone issues. Mortal Kombat is the vizier of tone issues in video games, if you ask me. <laughs> we'll create the entire uh, the entire kingdom of uh, of tone issues. I never liked the visual style of Mortal Kombat because, you say, they go for realistic, which is kind of at odds with everything else. The whole yeah. I, I mean, if you compare it to other fighting games, where every other uh, fighting game has like really. A unique character design where everyone's got a unique silhouette and really expressive personalities, and then Mortal Kombat's mm-hmm. just half a dozen ninjas who have all got the yeah. exact same body type. Yeah. Well, and it's it it feels um it feels like this approach to me is like empty calories. Whereas if you try to do something uh <laughs> with style and panache, I feel like you create a visual language that will last way longer. I mean, we see this in in game visuals the the games that um visually withstand the test of time are the ones that aren't trying to go for photorealism of mm. the moment they're the ones well, who was... they're your okamis and your wind wakers i was thinking about this and uh it occurred to me that uh guilty gear that i was watching a lot of reviews mm-hmm. of recently also has sort of a finishing system they have like the instant yep. kill attacks uh, but uh they're not most of them aren't gory at all. They're just fun things. Like the one lass who's like a pirate has a finishing move where they put their opponent in a big cannon and fires them into space. And it's all a big that. laugh. And it's, yeah. you know, it's fun to watch. It's spectacular. It's consistent with the game's tone. Yeah. That's, that's, and like, that's what you want in comparison. Yeah. And like, there's, there's a lot of games that do violence as comedy, like sort of pulling from like the Looney Tunes, um, history of things. Like I think of, uh, the, the recent Hitman trilogy. Um, and specifically I remember a mission in Hitman three where you, uh, you're at like a a fancy party at a vineyard, like a Mm. Napa, Napa Valley, Sonoma Valley vineyard. Um, and uh, there's one guy you need to shove in the grape smashers, like where they smash the wine. And it's like silly as shit. Mm. Like, however, I can imagine a world where someone's like, we need to take this seriously. We need to show you the ramifications of what it's like. And we're going to study bodies that were smushed by hydraulic presses. And I'm like, well, do we need, do I need to see that? Like violence doesn't like, I'm not like, uh, like grossed out. By, by violence, like, I have, I have a, a pretty ironclad stomach when it comes to things. I watch a lot of violent movies. But sometimes when I see that in games, I'm like, did you not, is this just all you had? Like, this was the only move you had? Like, you didn't have anything more creative to do? I think it's interesting to consider the path violence in games has taken. 
to mm-hmm. where it currently is now it, yep. now everyone's just a sort of like blase attitude to it it's yeah. just a thing that's sort of coldly and emotionlessly put in the game for selling points the other game the other modern game that comes to mind is callisto protocol sure which has those incredibly gory death animations that you can't skip yeah yeah or even like the dead space remake where their tech they were like oh we have different layers of skin and tissue and sinew and when you when you shoot certain things you could see all the layers flailing in the air yeah. I'm like, oh, that's that's nice i guess but like violence video games uh when you go back to the very beginning i think of early pc games which would often feature violence in a sort of unthinking way Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at something like uh, the original Space Quest games, uh, which were all, you know, like fun point-and-click adventures, like cartoonish, you're a sci-fi hero in space, but they'd often have these incredibly violent death animations, like uh, with blood spraying everywhere. You'd see your character, <laughs> like like in Space Quest 3, for example, if you experience explosive decompression, you get a picture of your character lying dead with like their guts pouring out of their chest. And it yeah. was like, this wasn't done to shock. It was just done because these games were mostly made by like tech nerds who didn't really <laughs> have great social skills. And uh, they weren't really considered as games for kids because they were like, you know, the arcades and the consoles had games for kids. Yeah, PC games yeah. were usually for like office workers and stuff. And then a uh, little time passes and uh, video games become more and more, you know, noticed, more and more mainstream. <laughs> and violence becomes like something that causes controversy. Yeah, and you had your Dooms and your Mortal Kombat yeah, and Dooms, the, Mortal the games Kombat. that became really popular. Yeah, Doom in the, like, the PC gaming tradition, it was made by tech nerds. They just put the gore in because they thought it was fun. And then suddenly they started getting pushed back against it because it was becoming mainstream popular. It is and funny to see Kombat. the uh, the how much the yardsticks yeah. have moved, though, because like the original Doom does not feel gory whatsoever by today's standards. Well, it's pretty gory when you shoot a man like a mancubus and he's all his skin falls off and his brain falls out. Yeah, I guess they're like, yeah, their their corpse is just like a big pile of goops. Yeah, and then there was a time when uh, there was the pushback to violence, and then there was the pushback to the pushback where video games started mm-hmm. being deliberately gory and horrible. Yeah, uh, in games like Postal and uh mortal Kombat, as the series continued and like leaned more and more into the violence mm-hmm. yeah splatterhouse and, yeah, and splatterhouse yeah and, and i guess even like that carmageddon that dovetails carmageddon yeah yes. frost just did his uh stuff yeah. legends about all, that sort of aspect of the industry sort of fed off the outcry from the media mm-hmm. and sort of uh, created uh, more sales to themselves and more notoriety for themselves through it yeah and these days that's just passed because video games stopped courting controversy because they were making too much money for the corporations that run the world. So now uh, everything's just, you know, put out for profit. And if, video, if gore leads to more profit, then it's just soullessly put out there because, hey, hey, that's it. Uh, it brings us the money and nobody cares. So, And if the media starts like getting uppity about violence again, we'll just crush it because we're powerful and we control all the money. And it seems like the uh, like the 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 kind of violence that a society uh, deems uh, uh, taboo changes with the times. Like well, how Mortal Kombat seemed a taboo seems like no, like there's Mortal Kombat one commercials during uh, daytime football games. There's commercials for like the new Exorcist movie during daytime football games, and so like that kind of stuff. I feel like maybe that just points to desensitization or just 
the changing of the times. Um, and so then you had the like, oh, we're going to titillate for the sake of titillate. And you get those games like, uh, remember that hatred a few years ago? Yeah, that was uh, definitely yeah. sort of a, a lean into the controversy. I yeah, think. like, oh, like, oh, mass shootings are an epidemic in America. What if we make a game where you're the one doing the mass See, shootings? That was, that's the only way to shock these days, not by explicit gore, but by um, uh, the context. Sure, uh, yeah. So that's why games like Super Columbine Massacre RPG could still cause controversy just because of the subject matter being insensitive. Yeah. It's not the actual gore anymore. But But I feel like you can... In my mind, nothing is taboo if done well. Um, like, I actually think no Russian was handled well. Like, I think a reason that has withstood the test of time is because, like, uh, <laughs> that level did, like, resonated with me. That level, like, really left a, a lasting yeah. impact with me, whereas the little bit I played of hatred when it came out, or even something like the, the body horror of scorn, like, yeah. I haven't really thought about yeah, it at all that. since they first came out. Yeah, and when you you talk about what instances of violence actually did have an impact on me, mm -hmm. the example that always comes to mind is the finger scene from Heavy Rain. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where it really, really, really like uh, builds up to this thing, yeah. this comparatively minor incident in which a man has to cut off the end of his own finger. Yeah. Like when you compare to some of the shit that goes on in Mortal Kombat, it sounds, it sounds like it, absurdly low-key. When you compare literally, I think the, the, the little, the art, the, the art of this episode right yeah. now is like a dude getting buzzsawed in half, I think. Uh, yeah. And so like, yeah, that's, that's, that's obviously way worse, but there's like an, there's an intimacy, I think, to that. And like, I think we, none of us can relate to how it would feel to get buzzsawed in half, but we can relate to how it feels to have a hangnail and we can relate yeah. to what it would feel like to like chop off the end of your own finger. Yeah. yeah that's why I think like decapitations in movies don't do anything but those sort of minor injuries do if you see a character happen which is why like the i feel like the saw franchise went from being like oh my god look at what they're doing to like it's like a popcorn thing people yeah. are being like oh what sort of hijinks is he gonna throw people in next time transgressive is only transgressive until they realize it makes money i'm so, like <laughs> sorry to sound exactly. like one of those you know occupy wall street people yeah banging yeah. the drum all the time but that's what i tend to think um in my opinion, there has been moments where violence has uh, led to interesting mechanics. Uh, I, I think of like in first person shooters uh, uh, with the evolution in the 90s. The first game I remember where you could target a specific limb and have something happen, depending on that, was Goldeneye. If you shot guys in the arms or the hands, they might drop their guns. And I feel like that ended up like that you know there's a there's a path from that to sort of the um the the ripping off specific limbs in your uh in your dead spaces you know there's like a, yeah. a path to that or the you know sort of the 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 physics engines of stuff like um killing floor or or even fear um that that makes combat feel more visceral you know cutting a dude in half with a chainsaw in gears of war yeah it's certainly cathartic like mm -hmm. blow off a dude's head with a shotgun in resident evil 4 or something yeah um, yeah or like the sniper uh sniper elite yeah there's definitely a aspect of violence that appeals to the cathartic realism side of things mm -hmm. uh, and only like and that can only be enhanced by making the re the violence more and more realistic mm-hmm
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, the, that's not really the case in Mortal Kombat because it just I mean I've always thought the brutalities are more fun than the fatalities in Mortal Kombat because the brutalities are a sort of um, you know how those work right where you have your uh, fatalities where you enter a specific button combination and it goes into a little cutscene where the mm-hmm. dude like takes his opponent who has now ceased to be a character, but is now just basically a mannequin full of guts. Yeah, and, that like rips uh, his spine off or yeah, whatever. Pulls it apart in a creative way. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's and those you tend to zone out of. But the brutalities are a thing where if you fulfill certain criteria during the course of the fight, like use a specific move a certain number of times, and then like finish the last bit of their health bar with a specific move, then you'll get an alternative animation where they'll do something lethal to them. Like, um... Uh... Uh, well, in the latest Mortal Kombat 1, uh, one of the characters, Reptile, has a move where he grabs the uh, the opponent and just bites them. But if you fulfill the brutality conditions, then they'll then, and uh, then with the last bit of health, he grabs them, bites their arm off, bites their guts out, and then holds up their like bleeding corpse while rubbing his tummy. There you and go. Uh, that's cool. that feels more impactful than the fatalities because it's a sort of cathartic release of the energy that went through the course of the fight. And at the end, you go, "Oh, I did it! Cor- I did it correctly!" And like, you know, or like Johnny Cage will like punch the enemy's head off with his final blow. Yeah, it's kind of that moment if like you're watching a a, a scary movie in a theater, the audience yeah. kind of laughs together because it's like, oh, like we can use this as a release valve, I guess. Yeah, so there's all this tension building up during the fight because mm-hmm. uh, you know you're having to use strategy and think about what you're doing, but then all that tension is released in the very final blow when you punch their head off in a spectacular bloody way, and that's fun. Those yeah. are fun. It seems like there's like a a, a rise and fall. Um, yeah. Which which is effective there? Um, how do you feel about um, ultra violence when it's hyper stylized? I was thinking of games okay. like um, you have your No More Heroes, Mad World, um, yeah. No More Heroes, even you, that you kill someone and just like volcanic quantities of blood like spurt out of the wounds. Yeah, yeah, and it's like it's violent, but it's you know it's done in a way that's clearly with a with a wink and a nod. And then you have that in the indie space too, with uh, Hotline Miami and and Ape Out, mm. and uh, you know even like Carrion a couple of years ago, how violent that was. Um, I think like it's just like uh, it's just like anything else you do to make a game cathartic. You just add like, like spectacular effects fly off as you do it. Don't, don't, mm-hmm. That could be a blood spray, or it just could be like some colored lights. Either things. Uh, cathartic maybe the violence gives it an extra sort of transgressive element that makes it slightly more fun i think those are games i think there's also a difference between games that like display violence and games that actually feel violent and to me uh like your hotline miami's feel how miami feels violent to play you are playing at a uh, at a sort of breakneck speed there's a combination of uh your quick precise mechanics and the pulsating music and visuals uh there's an immediacy to your actions all have an immediate result which is usually 
a blood splatter because their head, their brains have gone all over the floor and the same thing could happen to you. I feel that same kind of violence in uh, uh, like Metal Gear Rising Revengeance specifically, like the way that like Raiden is so, uh, so heavily violent mm. that it almost becomes like one to one with the with the pace and tone of the game. See, that's interesting. Uh, counterpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sort of uh, fast-paced combat could be seen in something like Bayonetta as well, which, uh, yeah, which you know, I guess it's still a violent game, but I wouldn't think of it as you know an excessively violent game. And then you have what games about- like Manhunt, which is a very very slow-paced yeah. game, yeah, but it's undeniably extremely violent. It's about slowly sneaking up on dudes, grabbing them, and then killing them in horrible ways. Yeah. I guess I, w- I was going to say, uh, Hollow Miami is an interesting thing, because I guess in Manhunt, because of the speed of the game, you have to revel in every... You have to sort of, like, yeah, sit with the consequences of your actions, right? It certainly does revel in things. Yeah, whereas uh, I think an interesting thing Hotline Miami does in so many levels is you go through the place and you're killing guys and everything so fast and pulsating on the way through a level. And, and then, then a lot of times you complete level, it yes. and you need to walk back. Yeah. And, and you need to like walk back. The music has stopped pulsating. There's no more danger. And it's and like, it's like, oh, what have I done? <laughs> and it's like coming down from an adrenaline high after the red mist is cleared and seeing yeah. the, the devastation in your wake. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, it's, that's really effective. Yeah, and uh, and there's like uh, there's other indie games like um, did you ever play that Hyper Demon? It's a game that's like really difficult to. Yeah, to, it was even hard for me to play. Um, <laughs> yeah, I tried I tried it out, but I, I bounced off that. <laughs> uh, chat, I'm putting uh, a link to both Hyper Demon and um, this other game called Endlight in the chat, and they were both games that weren't displaying any like visual representations. Like it didn't look traditionally violent, but the combination of the the visuals, the sound, and the speed made it felt violent. It was like a violent yeah. rhythm game. It's uh, violent in the sense of having a violent seizure because of something you saw in an episode of Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. Also, I think both those, possibly both those trailers I linked might have uh, warnings, seizure warnings. So, um, watch at your own uh, at your own. Uh, peril uh and then so that's an interesting like way to like that to me that that leads to a more visceral feeling of violence than watching 10 hours of of mortal combat uh fatality compilations of like oh he ripped this guy's dick off and he made him made it like oh, that's nice look at look at what he did there i think um yeah there's no like um how to put this when it's just people getting their bodies pulled apart for, for half an hour like a Mortal Kombat uh, fatality compilation it's like there's no it's almost like the difference between erotica and porn okay <laughs> it's like uh, there's no subtlety to it there's no build up there's no um, yeah um, it's not in the least bit coy no and you eventually like so you kind of grow numb to it right yeah it just starts looking like like you're watching a factory production line packing sausages into packets yeah uh, it, it's, it loses all um effectiveness yeah i think that happens 
almost every game we've talked about, I think that, that I feel that kind of happened with. Like, I remember the original God of War trilogy felt at the time it was so like, oh, my God, he's ripping that thing in half. Like yes. how violent this is. And then you get to a certain point in the game and you kind of. For the most part, it loses its effect. I mean, there's still the moments where it's like, oh, I have to like put I have to jam this guy's face into this door until he bleeds enough for it to open. Like, yeah. oh, that's not good. I probably shouldn't be doing that. You know, the weird thing is that the more recent God of Wars uh, are like trying to create a completely different tone where Kratos is sort of this mellowed character, but he yeah. still does these incredibly violent kill animations on huge monsters. Yeah. And it yeah. Really, really reflects the um, difference in approach because in, in some ways the new God of Wars feel a lot more, a lot less conscious of the violence they're doing. Like in God of War, the originals, there's definitely a sense that there's reveling in the violence and the gore. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas in the new ones the violence and the gore is there but no one comments on it like kratos just kills all these giant monsters and then goes right back to monologuing with his severed head boyfriend yeah and making There's, making goofs in the boat and then yeah. you get the cutscenes where they talk about how like kratos is like the epitome of anger and yeah. uh you're like well do these i don't know i guess maybe it does you know it's almost like the, there's a sense it does that, comment on it's almost like a sense of modern games the violence doesn't count like um no one really dwells on it like you can kill like a hundred hundred million mooks and it doesn't mean anything but then your character goes no i must not kill the main villain for then i will be as bad as them yeah that's uh that's uh that's a game problem right that's a game problem yeah. that i see and uh see in a lot of games and i guess the last uh i think the last game well we have two games on the thumbnail that um we haven't talked about yet and i guess the first one uh was grand theft auto and specifically uh, there's the torture scene in Grand Theft Auto Five. Um, ah, yes, that, that, that I re- was a, something that, that I found like difficult to watch. Uh, so did I, yeah, and there's a there's a parci- uh, participation uh, yeah. factor of yeah. it that feels um, feels like one of those. I don't know. I don't want to do this. Like, what is it? What am I gaining from this? Yeah, and it feels like the game like tries to have its cake and eat it because it's uh, lets you do this and then also sort of does a finger waggy disapprovey thing about it yeah and then you go back to the open world where there's you know fart jokes and everything and uh yeah it's particularly you know a little off-putting just because of its reference to real life situations in which uh people have been tortured by the cia for that sort of thing old hunter 77 gives five dollars and says i felt this way about mortal kombat x when it came out and i was your age Yes, game violence has gotten silly, but also, you are maturing. I don't know about that. Because uh, I still play video games for a living. I certainly don't feel mature. Oh, and Doran Grossman Naples gives $2 and says, Just started Dark Souls. Any advice for a noob? Um, uh, go for a high-stability shield build for your first run-through. I did. You'd be surprised how many attacks in Dark Souls you can just uh, block with a shield. Even like a huge, massive, great swipe from a huge, big demon. And uh, there are weapons you can use while holding up a shield, I think. Like spears, halberds, thrusting swords. I don't know which specific ones in the original Dark Souls did that, but that can certainly be helpful. Maybe like... uh, we're back. Oh, shit. I did it. What the hell happened there? 
don't know. My power flashed out. I wasn't. I wasn't. I don't. I, it's not my fault. Don't. Oh. I can't be blamed. Oh well, as long as it's not your fault. Uh, well, I, yeah, I don't know. There's not even bad weather. I don't know what happened. I, I apologize. Maybe that was. Uh, maybe the um, the internet thought that we were being prudes about violence, and they got mad at us. Um, okay. Well, I was trying to carry things a bit by starting on the super chats. But uh, there's oh, nothing more we had to talk about with violence. Um, you were you were saying uh, you were talking about Grand Theft Auto about how you feel you felt um, kind of gross when it came to that that torture scene and then the weird uh, kind of disconnect between going back into the world and trying to kind of have your cake and yeah. eat it too. And I was saying it was kind of upsetting because it was also relevant to politics at the time with real people being <sighs> captured and held without trial by overzealous american intelligence agencies yeah i mean i guess that is like that's one of the ways to titillate is to draw a direct uh, parallel to you know i guess that's yeah. kind of like the, the hatred thing of being like oh you see it on the news but now you're complicit in it well um, it illustrates the uh role violence can have in that it can sort of shock uh, a complacent viewer into thinking about something that's real but we've all sort of gotten comfortable not thinking about yeah <laughs> yeah i mean do you think games are like uh, you know we, we games are an art form uh we 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 like to th to think about games and and treat games the same level we th uh, treat literature and, and film and television and stuff do you think like do games have the uh kind of nuanced scalpel to be able to um deal with these topics in 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 <laughs> like in the oh. same way that like your apocalypse now and whatnot can i guess you could go to something like spec ops which does oh, handle yes. the idea of violence and being a violent person it's, uh it's down to the individual creator really isn't it yeah games spec ops line certainly illustrates that the unique aspects of interactive narrative can uh offer a new insight into violence especially when it sort of uh forces you to participate in it like the no russian scene as well yeah, and I think there is, if if done correctly, I think there can be really something powerful about um, you needing to be the person doing it. And that was before I uh, threw myself into the void. The last game I was going to bring up was uh, The Last of Us Part Two, which I know you and I have very different feelings about. Uh, and that is a game that is, I think, very much uh, about violence uh, at its core. And I think its message is very effective with me and I think much less uh, effective with folks like you and Jack. Well, the phrase misery porn springs to mind. Well, it is, but do you think that's immediately a bad thing? Well, it is when, you know, misery porn uh, can be valid if it's sort of uh, an exploration of the human condition or like some universal experience. But when it's just a unlikely prolonged succession of really, really horrible things happening to people, uh, that's where it crosses over to just become uh, just sort of miserable and unpleasant to watch without really actually saying anything about the human condition. It's just this does I can't really relate with this because I've never been trapped in a post-apocalypse uh, in a situation where I had to get revenge for my brutally murdered father figure. Uh, yeah, that's where I'm, it starts. I'm... Where it stops being um, a universal experience for me. Yeah. It's funny because I, I, there's certain things that feel like misery porn to me uh, in a negative way. And I feel like a couple of people have brought up the the graphic deaths in the recent Tomb Raider games where I'm like, I'm just trying to cross this river 
and I fell into it. And oh my God, this tree trunk uh, uh, impaled this poor helpless girl. Why is this happening? Um, well, to that's me, sort of, that's sort of got a slightly icky, sort of fetishistic sort of undercurrent to it, hasn't it? Yeah, and I mean, is it like? Wasn't it? Wasn't it one of the stated goals from one of the developers' mouths that uh, their intention was to to make you feel sorry for Lara, so you so your like protective instinct would kick in? Yeah, like, like where the player feels like the fatherly figure or the protector role, which um, seems a bit condescending. It does, and it's like it's weird that like uh, we were talking about Dead Space and Close to Protocol, which have crazy Close to Protocol specifically, which has crazy hyper violent death scenes, and like there was no point where I was like, "Oh no, what's happening to poor insert that man's name that I definitely yeah. forgot over the last seven months." It's all kind um, of lost when they, it's just like a blank slate protagonist, isn't it? Yeah, whereas with Lara, and I don't know if it's because we've had a we've played as her in games for the last thirty years, or if there's an inherent oh, it is a young girl, we must protect her kind of bullshitty thing that is, I think, inherent in a lot of human beings. Uh, it's also when the violence is sort of dwelled on, because uh, in Callisto Protocol, it's like the Mortal Kombat fatalities; they just do the violent thing and then it's over, and there's no lasting effect. There's yeah. one instance of violence in Mortal Kombat One that kind of sticks with me. And that's the scene in the story mode where Kenshi gets his eyes poked out. Ooh, that's a very specific, like, because that's also, again, a, like, oh, I've, I've, like, had fingers near my eyes and I don't like it. Well, the reason why it's more effective is because it's a lasting injury. Kenshi is, like, blinded for the rest of the game and that's his character from then on. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah. So there's actual consequences to the violence as opposed to the rest of the game where there's kind of yeah. none. And, yeah. and that's the, you know, that's the key to violence having impact. The impact has to stick around. I mean, I think it, to that, I think that's why The Last of Us Part Two really worked for me is because not only did it really explore the the theme of hurt people hurt people, but it um, did, a, did an interesting job of recontextualizing who it is that we are committing violence against in these games. And by um, especially by by swapping point of views and having you uh, your goal is to get violence with Ellie and then you see the other side and you are like I've gotten to know this person this is not someone I want harm done to and yet I have to do it because the game is forcing me to um, uh, Spec Ops line did it better yeah, I, I, I would argue Spec Ops line did it better I don't think the last yeah. two in my mind did it did it I mean, poorly for me, for me that was brought across in the white phosphorus scene where you realize yeah. who you've just unthinkingly used white phosphorus on yeah and uh, have to confront the fact that uh, why was it okay up to then yeah and then you even get those little messages in the loading screen where the game yeah. kind of directly uh, speaks to you about it uh, yeah well, I mean games have kind of done that near automata does an interesting thing where you you have a boss you, like you fight a giant robot boss in a theater and you don't really think about it too much and then later on in the game you get that character's backstory and you're like i should not have been fighting this thing this was this was on me like this was this was a big mistake on my part um and i think it's uh, i think it's really effective but uh yeah we can we can go back to where you were with um super chats i'm sure there's okay. a lot of, uh, a lot of places for us to talk about that uh almost chat scroll again why don't you start from um, the beginning you might i'll have start extra insights i'll start at the beginning and then I, there might be a gap when i was out but um the first one was uh the the korean name welcome to early access i googled it it's it's korean for line king not lion king like the king of the line spec ops the line cold uh, king welcome line king uh old hunter 
with Five Dollar Dono, I felt this way about Mortal Kombat X when it came out. Now is your age? Uh, yes, game violence has gotten silly, but also you are maturing. Do you think that's? Uh, did you already talk about that? Do you think that's a? Uh, well, I think, I think that probably plays a point. I would say. Well, possibly, but violence in video games is undeniably in an entirely different form to how the form it took when we were kids. It's much more yeah. realistic and uh, much less commented upon by society in general. Yeah. I mean, I think just violence as a whole also, like uh, um, I've been rewatching the X-Files lately, which has um, pushed a lot of boundaries in the 90s, but it is funny how relatively tame that show is compared to just everything that's on TV now and how we are inundated with with scenes of extreme, you know, gore and terror. Um, was it Game of Thrones that sort of was the first ultra-violent mainstream TV show? I would say so, yeah. But even now, you have, like, like crime scene shows are, like, violent as shit, and there's cadavers on, like, every show, and they're like, oh, we had... To... So this, this serial killer ripped off this woman's tits and replaced them with octopi. And they show that, and I'm like, what are we doing? It is 7 p.m. at ABC. What is happening here? Um... But I also think getting older, I don't know, there's things you laughed at when you were a, a teenager that I look back on now and I'm like, that's not, hasn't aged super gracefully. Not in a way that like we need to cancel this person, but a, I've grown and maybe the person who made those jokes also grew and there was a time and place for it and it is not that time and place anymore. Well, maybe not for you. Know. Not for me, but yeah, maybe a the current 15 year old. There's a new generation of giggly school children who want to laugh at like old super gore. I never, uh, I never uh, bemoan stuff that the youth are into because a, you just sound old as shit. Yeah. But b, it's like I don't know why am I gonna like if a fucking kid is into this specific band or this music or, or like this TV show, just let them have it. Whatever, we're all gonna die eventually. But then they all um, get into Five Nights at Freddy's, so you can't fucking. So that's <laughs> we need, we need to protect. That's the true people we need to protect. The Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh my god, we're getting another wave. The movies coming out in like a couple of weeks. Oh. Bloody hell. Is that going to be the thing to get you back to the movie theater? The Five Nights at Freddy's film? Well, if the yeah. Super Mario movie didn't do it. Chat, what what donation goal do we need to have Yahtzee go to the movie theater? I'm not get, watching uh, the, the Five Nights, Nights at, Freddy's. at Freddy's film. $10,000 for you to live stream Five Nights at You probably can't live stream from the theater. I got uh, to do... Like, go see Five Nights well, at Freddy's. Why don't I go to the uh, theater and, uh, you know, masturbate someone and vape and yell along with the soundtrack so that uh, the... <laughs> so then the, the uh, security cameras will take footage of me and then we can just broadcast that. Don't say the name of the movie three times or else um, you'll be cursed. Doran Grossman Naples. Two dollar dono. Just started Dark Souls. Any advice for a noob? Did you already come? Ah, yes. Advice? That's where you uh, came back in. I was saying, uh, like heavy shield uh, is uh, use and pokey weapon, like a spear, is the best mm -hmm. noob build because it's yeah relatively easy. But for me, you know, combat in uh, Souls likes sort of universally clicked a bit better when I learned how to roll behind dudes and stab them in the bum just as they yep. attack. Yeah, and there's no, um, don't feel like you need to win with honor in any of these games. If you want to summon people, summon people. Like this is, yes. the the Souls games play dirty. Don't don't worry about throwing some pocket stand and in the middle some, of the fight. Put some points into getting at least one projectile. Either sorcery or yeah. fireballs. Don't, well, don't bother with bows. Yeah, uh, no, bows get, are for jumps. 
yeah, get fireballs because uh, you know basically every class can have pyromancy on the side. Uh, but mm-hmm. sorcery is pretty overpowered in a lot of souls likes, and uh, it's good to have a ranged option when you're trying to, you know, cheese a dude before he can get to you. Yep, agreed. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Uh, side, side topic, do you know who's very good at Dark Souls 2? Is it Jack? It's Jack. Jack yeah. is very good at Dark Souls 2. Um, yeah, he's just, he's just very good. Um, I don't have anything to say other than that. Well, it's hard not to be good at Dark Souls 2 compared to the every other souls like compared to every other one uh tell that to nick uh loader fan 193 and fuegan uh welcome back to tip jar thank you so much guys no messages um alex armstrong are you are you stop me one one year alex armstrong five dollars uh i remember when violence in games caused such a stir especially with the first mortal Kombat game night trap and lethal enforcers that sega established the esrb yeah that was that was a funny time Night Trap wasn't even that violent. They were just objected to like scantily clad young ladies getting dragged off screen by dudes in black suits. Yeah, and it was still video games are are arcade games and Mario. And so, oh my God, yeah. what our children are playing this game? It's also yeah, just a I fucking mean, terrible game. I mean, Phantasmagoria on PC actually does contain massive no. violence and even no. a rape, even a rape scene at one point. And uh, no one really batted an eye at that because it was still, you know, the slightly socially maladjusted PC developer period of mm-hmm. gaming. Absolutely. Um, Tommy Salty, been there for 41 months. Tommy. Ooh, the are, music um, man himself. The music man himself. I can't believe 41 months. That's older than me. Uh, Alex Armstrong, $2 dono. Speaking of tone issues, yachts, where does Metal Gear Solid sit at? talked about revengeance but what do you think about the violence in uh, metal gear solid as a whole that's another game that's another series that we just sort of let slide like mortal Kombat, because it's been around so long yeah uh, but we never really like take it to task i say something like no hold on a minute why are you banging on for 45 minutes about weirdo conspiracies when we're trying when we're supposed to be having a boss fight <laughs> it's just it's it's just a game in its own little world, I suppose. Yeah, I feel like the one uh, the the by the time Phantom Pain rolled around, I feel like there was kind of a, a light shine, especially with Ground Zeroes with the the the, the pause thing where she has the the dual oh, yeah. bombs. Yeah, they were really uh, overdoing it in Ground Zeroes. Yeah, Jesus, um, we're, we're gritty now. Yeah, we put bombs in vaginas. That is definitely when uh, how there's a lot of art to where you can see like, oh, this has big like Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom is a movie that has big. Oh, the two authors behind this movie are going through divorces right now and they are not having a good time. Uh, And you can see that you can see that with Lucas and Spielberg in that movie Uh, with uh, Kojima in that you can see he is going through his divorce with um, with Konami. And he's very angry because uh, Death Stranding is ultimately like an incredibly hopeful game, which is. which is funny because he finally got his freedom after that. Is that where you came away from? 
I, I do. I'm trying to get Darren to to do a deep dive on Kojima next year, and I feel that's, like uh, it would ruin him if we did that. Death Stranding gives me the sort of sense of, yeah, like you've just gotten out of something uh, horrible, but now you're just sort of wandering around in a daze. You don't know what you want to do with the rest of your life. Yeah, that's sort of the vibe <laughs> I get. Like, I identified myself with this other person my entire life. Like, who am I by myself? Uh, great game. 20 out of 20. Uh, a Wing Potato. Been a member for a year with a $10 dono. Thank you so much. The ultraviolence and gore is less a problem as the strive for, quote, realism. Having unrealistic amounts of shooting blood when an arm is cut off, heads go flying, and yet they're still talking even after, etc. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm always like... We were talking about earlier with everything. I I prefer style over realism. Like realism has its place, but um, I, I guess there's sort of two levels of realism when we talk about Mortal Kombat. Because on the one hand, it looks very realistic. But on the other yeah. hand, you know, it's not realistic to be able to get back up and have another fight after someone's pushed their fist through your spine. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, the classic trope is like someone gets shot in the shoulder and like keeps going, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're shot in the shoulder in real life, you're not using that arm anymore. Yeah, but like, but that's the like, is realism fun? Like, do we actually yeah. want realism in a game? Well, well, quite. I mean, realist, realistic violence was the chopping your finger off scene in Heavy Rain. Yeah, yeah, because it's like, yeah, something again, like you said, very relatable. Whereas, like, a lizard biting my head off isn't super relatable. No. Which it would be super ironic if I died by a lizard biting my head off and they could play this at my funeral and be like, well, yeah. you fucked around and found out. Yeah, if only he hadn't gone to the Komodo Dragon Reserve <laughs> with his head covered in cat food. <laughs> uh, Robert Hobbs, uh, been a member for five months in early access, using the comment to say, I didn't want to hurt the poor guy in GTA Five. Yeah, that's... Um, it's, it's funny because uh, I, I feel like Rockstar is one of those developers that uh, is, is real hit or miss with. I think I think when they hit their their storytelling and their approach to kind of to violence in those kind of moments can be really impactful. I think in the yeah. Red Dead games for me, it is um, sort of uh, Arthur's Arthur's journey in two and then like John Marston's last stand in one. I think are, Rockstar are mo- generally has a very effective and introspective approach to characters, but that whole thing is just sort of missing from Grand Theft Auto Five. It feels yeah. less introspective. It just feels more like we're trying to create characters where it makes sense them for them to be violent assholes, and then they are violent assholes. I think that's the the the, the fact that that is the one that is the bestseller, the one that will like arguably never beat topped in terms of sales is always weird to me because it would certainly give one pause for thought if one were a rock star pouring your heart into something like nico bellic's story in gta 4 yeah yeah and seeing what people actually want yeah i'm i'm uh i'm really curious to see gta 6 if only because um yeah is it gonna be more like gta 4 and and red dead or is it gonna be like let's just do what we did with gta 5 they don't really rest on their laurels they do always change so um yeah i'll be curious to see that uh conte with a two euro dono thank this you so much where, yeah, this, oh. this is where i can cut in all right which is just as well because going by the chat this was like minutes before you got shut down uh conte or conte gives two euros and says where can you see lions to which i would reply only in kenya and thus having given the password I will be allowed into the special club for people who remember really old internet references. 
Where can you see lions only in Kenya? Yes, come to Kenya. They've got lions. Oh, I think I was trying to think of this, like those jokes from last week, those riddles. No, it's an in-joke for people who remember old, really old viral Flash movies from like 20 20 years ago. Oh, I definitely did. Was this like an E-bombs world kind of thing? Yeah, sort of. I think so. A lot of people in chat remember it. I do not. Do you remember Badger, 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 Badger? I do remember Same Badger, dude. Badger, Badger, Badger. Oh, my God. What do you think he's up to now? Uh, probably selling Badger, Badger, Badger t-shirts. I, I heard he got he was getting uh, cranked out in a in a Denver repertory theater while watching Beetlejuice. Did you know it was that guy? I made that up. It probably wasn't that guy. Huh. Well, yeah. I heard that was Lauren Boebert. But those were no, she was doing the cranking, and this guy was getting cranked off. Oh. Yeah, who cranks the cranker, that kind of thing. Takes two to crank. Man. Doesn't actually take two to crank. It only takes one to crank. Worlds collide. Yeah, truly. Do you think she literally sings along with the Kenya song as well? <laughs> <clears throat> oh, my God. Alex Armstrong comes back with $2 and says, Didn't Infamous and Undertale have optional violence? Well, you're talking about the optional, like, evil playthroughs. Yeah, Not quite the same thing. I mean, both like both versions of Infamous involve you violence. Violent. You do the same yeah. violence. You're just doing it. You're just restricting it to the enemies and the the bad guys who are all bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Undertale though is like, are there? I don't know if there's that many games that you could literally do. I mean, have pacifist and genocide routes and have them like. Yeah, but even on the genocide route, it's all fantasy violence. There's no blood. It's just uh, yeah. Monsters run out of health and then disappear into dust. Sure, sure. Yeah, there's nothing, uh, nothing inherently violent about that. Are there any games that make you that that the the aesthetics make you queasy? This is kind of an off-topic thing. I think about the Binding of Isaac makes me queasy because of all the poo. I think so. Just it's just very ugly. Like I just sit, I just sit with Jack on a stream of it once, and I was like, I don't want to be here. (laughs) This is this is an ugly game to watch. Now you mention it, uh, Kanan Lynch 2 had a visual style that made me queasy. Yeah, I've, I know a, a lot of people feel that way, and it's especially, very much like a choice. Especially when they were all running around naked with their sweaty, mm-hmm. flabby, middle-aged man bits flapping about. Yeah. <laughs> but it was also, it was everything. It was the weird sort of handheld camera presentation and the, yeah. you know, uh, the uh, effects. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Ty- Tyrell brings up old Ren and Stimpy close-ups as a good example yeah. of that. Like old Ren and Stimpy close-ups. Yeah, it's just old, something about it. SpongeBob close-ups for the younger mm-hmm. generation. Exactly. Uh, Fungus Finding is two dollars and says Toffee is unlikely to jump the shark. Oh, <gasps> Toffee would never. Do you think Toffee would sell out? Would Toffee sell out and become like Airbud? He'd sell Air out Toffee? for a tasty salmon kibble. Is what he'd do. <laughs> So we, we were giving him like beef kibble for a while, and he was going off it. So we tried him, tried out the salmon kibble, and he's just wolfing that down these days. There you go. Good for you, Toffee. Uh, PJ Doolin gives two dollars and says, "Yachts playing the Shadows of Doubt update yet? No, I don't play updates or DLCs. I'm not even going to play the new Cyberpunk to see if it's been fixed, which is a shame because I need to play something this week. And there's oh man, Cyberpunk would be a really good. One. Cyberpunk would be a good one. bugger all at this point. Um, oh, well, there's the Lamplighters League, whatever the fuck that is. I think that's multiplayer. I think it's multiplayer, and I think it's crafting, which I think are two things you're not you're not super fond of. Yeah. 
Maybe I will have to play Armored Core 6 again. Oh, no. Try to, try what to about see what everyone else sees in it. You know what game has great violence? Danganronpa. They'll piss off. Oh, Persona 3 is a game that handles violence in an interesting way. Less in the combat and more of the little, uh, the, the image of a, uh, point a, a, a gun depressed at your teenager. Head and pull the trigger, yeah. Yeah, of a depressed teenager doing that in While order to sort of summon their... romance. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Great game. Uh, Riley K gives $2 and says, What is your opinion, Yazd, of gaming as a whole? Uh, I think it's Whoa. really good. I've based my whole career around it. What a weird thing to ask. Was this what happened when my power went out? They were like, we need to stall for time. Yahtzee, what do you think about the entire medium that you've made your life of? <laughs> Seems like it. Yeah. Uh, Saber Lily, welcome to Willie Access. And then Robert Johnson gives five Canadian dollars and says, and this is why we need Marty. We're back. Yeah, we're I, back. Don't, don't worry. There was a, it was a flash. A flash. Yeah, outage. I was struggling without someone to bounce off. I've resorted to just having Toffee jiggle about in front of the camera. Solo streaming, especially when you're not playing a game, it's insane. I don't. I don't understand the people who just fucking talk. I think people I don't know how they do it's it. A sort of like extroverted person who's just got a really expressive personality and likes talking about yeah. themselves a lot. Yeah, I can't. I can do it if I'm just commenting on a game I'm playing. But yeah, just can't do it if there's nothing. Alex Armstrong gives $5 and says, with Gearbox absorbing volition, you think they'll continue the Saints Row reboot, reboot it again, or do nothing with it? My bet's on the third option. I don't know if that's what happened. I hadn't heard, but Gearbox do have a history of absorbing properties and then then putting out new installments of it. Well, they did that with Junica Forever. Um, so, uh, Gearbox, uh, volition last year became a part of gearbox but volition was just shut down this year so that's like it is possible i could see gearbox doing a saints row game in the future however this whole embracer thing the entire company is a giant clusterfuck um because they tried to make a giant deal with the uh with saudi royalty and it, it <laughs> did not it not it did not go through and now they have to downsize pretty much all their assets because all they did was try to buy things Fucking so um, saudi royalty yeah. Saudi royalty are like the worst people in the world that everyone just lets slide because they've got all the money and oil. Because they stuff. got money. People, you know, people love money. Hmm? People love money. Oh, yeah. They that, was my, that was my comment on money. But the Saudi regime is one of the most oppressive in the world. and like Yeah, they're generally terrible. But then they're like, hey, we want you to come play in our golf league and we want wrestling to come here. And they do it. Like, it's almost as bad as North Korea there. And it's like everyone yeah. just lets it slide. It's so, it's so two-faced of, like, the first world. Mm-hmm. Politics, politics, grr, grr, shake fist, opinions on things I don't understand very well. Let's Stay in back. your lane, talk oh. about the videos. All right, let's get back to video games. I know a lot about those. Yay. Aloof Alpaca gives $5 and says, maybe we think video game violence has jumped the shark because as adults we see so much violence in real life we've gone numb. Uh, where the hell do you live, Aloof Alpaca? Do you, do you live on the Gaza Strip or something? I don't <laughs> see people getting their rib cages pulled out in my daily life. Uh, I mean, it has because I, the violence has become a part of news. I feel well, like when I watch the news now. No one really talks about mass shootings anymore just because they keep yeah. happening. But uh, that's just because everyone's jaded. Yeah. I don't know if it's because, yeah. you know, we all live with violence in our everyday lives. Yeah, I'm able. I don't. Yeah, I'm able to 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 
get by most of my days without seeing anyone get decapitated. Uh, John Connor gives five Canadian dollars and says, if violence isn't reacted to appropriately, then it falls flat for me. Someone freaking out about getting a shot can be much more cringe-inducing. Well, if violence certainly isn't the, reacted to appropriately, I mean, the Mortal Kombat fatalities get marginally more upsetting if you can see the subject is still alive a ways into them and is continually distressed about what's uh, what's happening. Yeah. I mean, the one that sort of made my eyes water was like Kung Leo's one in like Mortal Kombat 9, uh, where he sets his hat spinning on the floor and then grabs the enemy's legs and like pulls them so that they get cut in half lengthways from the crotch oh, up. Bisected, yeah. Yeah, and they're clearly alive a ways through the process, and that, yeah. makes, that makes you go a little bit, ooh. Yeah. I like that guy's hat, though. That guy's got a cool hat. Well, you'll you'll enjoy Mortal Kombat One because they go into the backstory of his hat. I've always wanted, like how the Solo movie uh, ta- told us how Han Solo got the last name Solo. It's because he was going through space customs by himself, and they said, "Are you traveling alone or with someone else?" And he said, "Alone," and they said, "Solo." Uh, That's a little spoiler for Solo, a Star Wars story. Yeah, Mortal Kombat does a lot of that. And I mean, I already said they had the whole scene establishing how Kenji got his eyes poked out. Yeah, I need, I need, I need all those details. Without wishing to spoil my upcoming review, speaking as someone who likes every aspect of fighting games other than having to play the fighting game, <laughs> Mortal Kombat One most definitely failed to impress. <laughs> but you know, we'll get to that. Have you played it? Uh, yeah, I played a few hours of the story mode. Uh, I'm probably going to finish it because it's short. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, it isn't It isn't doing too much for me. I also don't have... Um, I've played, I think, most of the Mortal Kombat story modes, but they none of them are really lodged in my memory, and so I feel like there's a lot of callbacks I'm just missing. And there's yeah. characters where I'm like, I'm not sure who you are. Yeah, um, they're all kind of dumb. Yeah. But if you don't go through the story campaign and you go into like the standard one-on-one fights, then all the starting dialogue is referencing stuff that happened in the story campaign. You're just like, what is going on here? Like Melina comes on and says, oh, I'm very, oh, sorry I stabbed your eyes out, Kenji. Yeah. And Kenji's like, ah, no biggie. <laughs> uh, Witticism gives $5 and says, do the Silent Hills feel violent? They contain violence, but I don't feel violent as the protagonists. Um, interesting point. I suppose the violence has always felt kind of incidental. Like in Silent Hill 2, like there's just monsters all around as part of like the scene setting and uh, get in your way and you have to, and you have to smack them about a bit. Yeah, there is the like, um, uh, especially uh, I, I, Silent Hill 1 is the fresh one in my memory because I played it the other week, but, um, you're you're doing violence against things that they're like resemble children and they resemble nurses. And you're like, well, this isn't good. These aren't people I want to do violence against. But they're spooky demons in a spooky demon world. So it's yeah, like, it's well, all, it's all kind of abstract. I mean, yeah, yeah there's yeah. a level of unreality to it, which is why uh, most games where the only violence is perpetrated against monsters and inhuman beings are usually uh, rated generally lower than games where you commit violence against people. 
Yeah, and I think that's um, if you look at kind of like the the Resident Evil curve, no one really had a problem with the violence in Resident Evil, seemingly until like not really four, but once you got into five, and there were less zombies and more of like these just feel like um, people in a third world country, yeah. and they don't even look like zombies at this point, and we're like this big hulking white dude is coming in just to kill them all. I'm like, oh, this is like a little, this, yeah. this feels different than killing zombies in a police station or in a mansion. Uncanny Valley. Yeah. The more real it gets, the more unpleasant it gets. Yeah. Uh, Sue10KT gives 15 pounds and says, I was trying to write something relevant to the topic, but I felt I wasn't adding, adding anything substantial. I will instead, thanks for the constant flow of great content, guys. Well, thank you. That feels substantial to me. And that was their first Super Chat. Oh so, my yeah. gosh. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for the £15, which is like 150 American dollars. Oh my god. That's so much. Well, maybe not so much too these much. days. Now that the British economy's gone down the shitter. Womp womp. Uh, gone down the loo. Rasmus- the loo! <laughs> If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Rasp Museum gives $10 and says, Yats, any interest in reviewing Tekken 8 when it releases? It'll have a vaguely similar story mode to NetherRealm's Fighters. I don't know. Probably not. I mean, NetherRealm, I've played enough of their fighters that I'm sort of invested in it now. Mm. I don't really have any context for Tekken or any of the characters in it. I played Tekken 3 on the PS1. That was my last Tekken game I really dove into. Mm. Um, Yeah, we'll see. That's coming in January, I believe. Also, you skipped several what oh the chat must have jumped down again oh that's fine i have i have them all saved that's all right i got them a pj duel and i believe is the next one we are on. yes 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 i definitely jumped to the bottom as the chat keeps doing when i don't you jumped to. the shark just like the violence jump. oh no pj duelin gives five dollars and says what are your thoughts on violence in vr i played a lot of mm. blade and sorcery and while it's fun sometimes it feels icky doing the action yeah um, i can see that well, I always kind of appreciate that it feels a little realer, especially if you're playing something like Walking Dead, Saint and Sinners, and do that thing where you grab a zombie by the head and hold it at arm's length, and then shoot mm-hmm. it in the face, which you think would like damage your fingers, but you know, fantasy. I think it's part of like the added realism of VR adding to the immersion for me. Did you did you play Half Life, Alex? Yes. Did uh, like Half Life isn't a series I really think of as like particularly violent. I mean, I guess you have with like the Gravity Gun where you like bisect um, no. dudes with um, things, but I mean, like, did, is, did uh, in VR, did it feel any more violent to you? Not really, but then it very deliberately has no melee weapons because uh, mm. melee in VR has uh, never really Kinda been affected. Yeah. So it's all like, you notice Half-Life Alex exclusively uses one-handed guns because that's right. melee yeah. weapons and two-handed weapons just don't really have a... Kind of wonky. Yeah. Unless you're holding something. They're usually wonky. 
I'm yeah. telling you about my genius idea for VR uh, controllers. No, you I have like not. you have two VR controllers, but they you can like connect them together to make a sort of pump action shotgun arrangement. So anytime uh, you're playing okay. a game with a double handed weapon, you can just do that, and it doesn't feel like the end of the weapon is like floating in midair because you can't feel it. There was a whole cottage industry with uh, shitty plastic shells for Wii games like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you can get your crossbow and you can you can shoot all you of can, Link's enemies. You can with get this. a plastic tennis racket. You can put the yeah. remote in if you want. <laughs> really dumb. If you Very want Wii dumb. sports to be more authentic. Uh, the uh, the one of the VR things that has stuck with me the most was one of my, one of my earliest ones. I think it was like a very early before PSVR was out. I did a demo, a Capcom demo, and it eventually it was before Resident Evil Seven was announced, and it was clear that this was a tech demo that eventually became Resident Evil Seven. Uh, it was called the Kitchen Demo, and it was like the the mom from the Baker family, and you were strapped down in a chair in like a dimly lit room, a dingy ass room, and so you couldn't really do anything in VR other than look down and see that you were trapped to a chair and at one point she comes and she waves a knife in your face and then stabs you in the knee and it like i swore to god she stabbed me in the knee she did not because she was not real and i did not get stabbed in the knee but it was like one of the most visceral feeling things ever of seeing in vr this woman like hold a knife right up to my eyes and then stab me in the leg so well done yeah the brain does that yeah brains are dumb i mean um there was a trick they did on QI once uh, where they had uh, someone place their hands uh, on the table mm-hmm. uh, and they put a mirror like next to the hand and they like put a fake hand uh, on the other side of the mirror. Oh, okay. And then they took a little brush and they brushed like the real hand so the person could feel it. Yeah. So then, then they'd look in the mirror and they'd see like their real hand getting brushed, but uh, like uh, behind the mirror would be the fake hand. Yeah. Uh, and they'd do that for a little while, and they'd suddenly grab a knife and just stab the fake hand, and people would freak out because <laughs> every part of your like senses are saying to your brain, "This is our hand," because we can yeah, feel tap yeah. into it. And then, uh, yeah, and then just suddenly. Like, have a knife in it it uh, really gets to you and that sounds like yeah. that vr experience was doing something similar and that's what it vr can did. achieve if it yeah. does it right that's, I I, that's I, immersion I baby i think I, sque- I yelped and i squealed and i think the director of resident Evil 7 laughed at me <laughs> so i was humbled by that man being bullied by devs <laughs> uh yes robert johnson gives 10 canadian dollars says it's harder to enjoy violence when you know what it's like to be hurt it lasts for days after and it messes with you. In games, few do it with the proper respect. Games and films and most media does yeah. really treat violence with proper respect. I yeah. mean, how Any many times have you seen a character just it. get punched in the face to know Lilong's lasting effect? Mm-hmm. It and then really it's like, oh, this is the time where this one matters, so this this is yeah. the important one. It can really fuck you up getting punched in the face. Mm-hmm. Look at Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Jesus, yeah. Yeah. Could could barely walk by the end of his yeah. career. Uh, Big Smoke, welcome to Early Access. Welcome, Big Smoke. And then Robert Johnson comes back with 10 Canadian dollars again and says, idea for a topic. Seeing as he can't seem to help himself anyway, why not do a whole episode called Yahtzee Gets Political? That way he can espouse all his opinions and ruffle feathers with the best. I don't really feel qualified to f- 
make prolonged statements on politics. I just comment on what I hear about in the news now and then. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe maybe when Grand Theft Auto Six comes out, it'll have some some um, roaring political statements. I hear the, the government's going to shut down soon because Yay. the the, Repu- the establishment Republican Party has found it, that it is completely unable to work with the kook sector of the Republican Party. Yep. And the one, it's almost and like they are sides, reaping what they have sown. And both sides thought they could just use the other side for power, and now it's all falling apart, and the Democrats are all going, ha-ha, single-party state, bitches. We should be able to come together as a nation and just really lobby behind getting cranked out at a Beetlejuice show. That's what uh, I think. Okay. Yeah, are you saying, like, are you for or against? Uh... The funny part of me, uh, the the humor uh, for I'm for. You're I mean, for? I'm against getting cranked out in public in a theater filled with like. What if my the kids were there in that theater? What if they had to listen to like you getting cranked out, and I had to say something like, "No, dear, that's just the sound of someone uh, unpeeling a banana very, very fast." It's just so far. I haven't seen the Beetlejuice musical, but I've seen the Beetlejuice film. There's nothing, nothing crankworthy about that film. <laughs> I Absolutely nothing crankworthy about the film. Depends what you're into. That's true. The, he does turn into there's like that big the big black and white snake thing. Yeah, it's like yeah. Uh, encapsulation of interracial porn or something. Yeah, there, there you go. Wow, you really, you really dug deep for that one. Uh, Bajango gives ten dollars. Says I remember being stuck with my dad on a bouncer in Space Quest Four, if I recall correctly. That would grab you, reach his hand down your throat, and rip you inside out through your throat. It was memorable as a young boy. I think Jesus. That was Space Quest Six, Bajango. There are so many Space Quest games. What is going on? I know. And then they just sort of stopped dead. Yeah, they absolutely were, stopped. They were working on a Space Quest Seven. I think there was a trailer came out at one point, but then, then yeah. they just stopped making adventure games. Yeah. But anyway, yes. Yes, that sort of violent death was part of the cause. Speaking Uh, of. And then Alex Armstrong gives $2 and says, are Sierra games violent with how much they kill you? Well, I was talking about that earlier, of course. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard to argue that Space Quest uh, isn't a violent game with all the hideously bloody deaths and stuff. Mm -hmm. And the game, like, takes enormous relish in killing you for, like, just being curious about something it's saying, yeah. oh you opened a box now you've got a face hugger on you ha ha dumbass why do you open that box what you like looking for clues and inventory items and stuff that was a dumb thing to do in an adventure game yeah the the epitome of uh, unfair punishment for um just wanting to experiment and see what's going on yeah uh wiener bar 420 gives two seventy nine uh, canadian dollars says hello i want attention on my birthday Happy birthday, Wiener Bar 420. Why are you barfing up wieners? That reflects uh, poor choices in life, I think. It's Wiener Bar's birthday. Let him barf up wieners. Have you ever eaten so much that you've thrown up? Uh, oh, we're talking about eating, are we? I thought we were talking ah! about the kind of wiener. We're not talking was, about Beetlejuice. Get out of here. I was going to say, if you're barfing, you're probably taking it too quickly. Uh, wiener Bar 420, you should probably pace yourself. Oh, power went out again. Uh-oh, what happened? Wesley Thomas gives two Canadian dollars, moving hastily on, and says, where do we get Jump the Shark from? Are you asking seriously, Wesley Thomas? Because I do actually know this. 
Yeah, it was, uh, it was happy days. Bronze yeah. funds. The term jump the shark to mean to uh, go get to peak, really, to go past the good start phase of the series stroke property and uh, start going into the bad part, uh, refers to an episode of Happy Days where the Fonz water skis over a shark, basically mm-hmm. for no reason except that Henry Winkler happened to be good at water skiing and they had to take what they could get, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And it's generally agreed that the show was going downhill at that point. So yeah. now we talk about a show jumping the shark to refer to it uh, no longer being at its best. There's an mm-hmm. equivalent phrase called growing the beard in reference to Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, funny. I've never to, say, to refer to when a show comes into its prime. Because, of course, in the first two seasons of Star Trek The Next Generation, Riker didn't have a beard. And then he grew one and then the series started getting good. I feel like every series that goes uh, either up or down can have that moment. Um, yeah, I wonder who coined the term, like how the the term jumping well, the shark was. It was an internet thing for a while. For a while, there was like an online database that compiled all the jump the shark moments for every yeah. TV show. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. obviously, everything like grows the beard and jumps the shark because everything has a peak. Yeah, where, it, where it's at its best, and then everything after that is where it's not at its peak. Uh, Zaratha gives five R dollars and says Badger 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 became 20 years old this year and yes the dude released two videos to commemorate including a version with 3D models well that's a relief I was afraid he hadn't moved on with his life <laughs> he grew the beard it would be Wait, like, was that the good one or the bad one it would be like someone putting out a viral game review and still doing them 16 years later ah. that would just be sad <laughs> look at you now you show your face you have a dog? Yeah. Things are they're looking up. And then there's Rasmusium's things that I already read out. And then mm-hmm. Selix2301 came along with five euros and said, more attention for Wiener Barf 420, please. We can't give too much attention to Wiener Barf because then he's going to barf up more wieners. Yeah. Uh, wait, maybe he's just eaten a lot of small dogs, which would be very mean. That's also bad. That's also terrible. You can't be, you can't be, you can't be eating too many small dogs. Or you can't maybe, be eating any small dogs. Or maybe his small dog barfed up and uh, barfed up a lot of weed because yeah, he was yeah. using his dog as a drug mule. There you go. Yeah, I think we've pieced together the hidden meaning. I heard, uh, I, I know someone who um, covered uh, the the Nathan's hot dog eating competition for a website, and they said the smell of the holding area afterwards is uh, like a literal nightmare i can imagine just a boat like what happens to your body after you've eaten 70 hot dogs and then you have 10 people who've just eaten 70 hot dogs i just can't imagine it's interesting when you see those like eating contests like the real hardcore professional contestants aren't actually very fat no not at all they're usually uh, they just probably have some insane otherworldly metabolism yeah Yeah, because it's not really about being fat it's about you know Having the stomach capacity, I suppose. Yeah, it's being able to wiener without barfing. Because I always think of the Judge Dredd universe where there's like uh, massively obese people and like they compete in overeating contests and it's like the new Olympics in the future. Yeah. I thought you were just going to end the sentence as I always think about the Judge Dredd universe. (laughs) Yeah, I think about it a lot too. Well, it's fun to think about. It is great. I I love Judge Dredd. Yeah, great. 
SVS Guru 2000 gives five euros and says, when diplomacy fails, there's only one alternative, violence. Force must be applied without apology. It's the Starfleet way. Is that a Star Trek? Okay. Is that a Star Trek thing? I don't know. Maybe that's Starfleet. Like a, yeah, yeah, Starfleet's Star Trek. I don't, Maybe know that's the, the, I don't know if the previous part of the super, super chat was quoting something Star Trek related. What are the, aren't there those mean guys with the Klingons? Maybe that's a Klingon thing. Those guys are mean, right? Oh, man. You don't, really don't know much about Star Trek, do you? I, I don't. Oh, apparently that might have been Starship Troopers, which is different than Star Trek. I don't know shit about Star Trek. Klingons are the mean guys, though, right? They're like kind of... Well, if you if you were serious about learning about Star Trek, you'd know that the Klingons and the Federation had uh, uh, were at peace by the time oh. of the Next Generation. Good for them. And there are oh, because one of the guys there are a lot of Federation members who had a lot of respect and appreciation for Klingon culture to the point that places like Deep Space Nine would have a, could have a popular Klingon restaurant frequented oh, by many non-Klingon characters. That's nice. I'm not serious about learning about Star Trek. I'm probably not going to learn about Star Trek. I was, I've was i been thinking about starting to watch Doctor Who, but I'm also probably not going to do that. But I've just been thinking about it. I want everyone to know that it's been it's been something I'm thinking about. Now Cardassians, they're the real assholes. The, Them and the Romulans. Oh, I thought you were making a joke about Kardashians, like Kim Kardashian. And no, no, no. The Kardashians are a Star Trek race. Oh, are they named the, after the Kardashians? <laughs> Well, no, because uh, they first came about in Next Generation long before the Kardashians were uh, celebrity figures. Also, it's spelled for a C. A lot I don't know about. Uh, And the Breen. Ooh, them Breen. Don't get me started on those assholes. I would never get you started on the Breen. I I know how you get when you talk about the Breen. Anyway, Damien Glenn, member for 17 months in bonus content. Says, it's fine, everyone. She's just using the play date. That's the cranking sound you're hearing. I can't even get away with that anymore because I don't know where my play date is. I lost my play date. I spent a lot of money on a thing I lost. If you masturbating sounds like turning a crank on a play date, there's probably something badly wrong going on there. (laughs) You need to consult your doctor. Yeah. Maybe you've just uh, jerked off into your pants too many times and they've gotten all crinkly. Happens to the best of us. Alex Armstrong gives $5 and says, Finished Adventure is nice so far. Love Dabarella. Favourite episode is with the giant dwarf statue. Guess there really is a middle finger big enough, Yards. Oh, tying things together there. Thing. Uh, this season's going to have 11 episodes instead of 10 now, because the last episode was so long. Well, last episode was like uh, 45 minutes. I assume you mean the next episode. Oh, the next up. episode. This episode. Correct. Ooh. Yeah, and be people are complaining about the pacing. How dare you? And as we just go to 2000, gives five euros and says, it's a quote by Evil Janeway from the episode Living Witness. You know, Voyager's like my Star Trek blind spot. I watched the shit out of uh, The Next Generation and Deep Space Nine, but I never watched through Voyager because I thought it was kind of lame. <coughs> was that the... Was Voyager the one with um, Patrick Stewart? Are you just like deliberately I'm showing not, your ignorance? I'm not. No, I'm not. Was that not the one with Patrick Stewart? No. Patrick Stewart was the captain, was Captain Jean Luc Picard in The Next Generation. He okay, had. I uh, knew he was Patrick. I know he was Jean Luc Picard. And he had a cameo appearance in the first episode of The Space <clears throat> as a sort of passing the torch thing. Well, who's in Voyager? What famous people are in Voyager? Kate Mulgrew, who uh, played uh, Captain Janeway. 
and that's literally the only person anyone would possibly know uh, if you generally knew the names of actors. Uh, Robert Picardo is in Voyager. He plays the Doctor. Robert Picardo. Uh, he also played the Johnny Cab in Total Recall. Hell yeah. Total Recall's great. Anyway. The Piss Bandit, member for 26 months in bonus content, says, Have you, lads, played Faith the Unholy Trinity? Thoughts on its effectiveness as a horror game? No, and no. No, I, I think I watched some videos people. of it once. It's very uh, retro-styled. It does like a rather oh, effective thing. super retro. Yeah, it's just this rather effective thing where it does like uh, really old-style, almost Commodore 64-era graphics, but then it'll have these like really well-animated monster sequences. And it really throws you off when you suddenly see these really well-animated stuff happening in yeah. like, 8-bit graphics. There's a uh, there's a game coming out. Uh, it's leaving Early Access, I believe, later this month called World of Horror that has a similar aesthetic, but it's very much inspired by the works of uh, Jinji Ito. I've played World of Horror. Yeah, yeah been, so it's fine. for it's, ages in Early Access. It's finally leaving Early Access uh, in October. Crazy. So it's sort been, of like, like a... Rogue-like Junji Ito story creator. Yeah, yeah, and it has these like really gorgeous um, black and white visuals. But um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for that one. I'll bet. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, that was all the super chats. So uh, I guess that's all anyone needs to know about video game violence. You're welcome, Internet. We did it. We did it. Oh, someone said Jerry Ryan was in Voyager. I know who Jerry Ryan is. How the hell do you know who Jerry Ryan is? She's that's like literally the only role she's ever had. No, that's not true. How do I know her? She had like a thing on she she uh well, well what do I know her from? What yeah, what do you know her from? Because the only thing anyone knows Jerry Ryan from is that she was the sexy like Borg lady in Voyager. Uh, uh, uh something else. Well uh she was in uh a show called uh Boston Public that I watched. It was a show about a Boston public school, and she also was a character on The O.C., which is a show I loved. Apparently, she also voiced Sonya Blade in a lot of stuff as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. So there you go. We, we, got, to the, we got to the bottom of it. Well, uh, now that we've gotten to the bottom of that, time yeah, to Yeah, we got to the bottom of it. And speaking of video game violence, my Mortal Kombat 1 review will be going out to members on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Uh, those of you who aren't members will have to make do with my review of what was it the last one chance of senar and lies of p that's right lies of p and chance of senar so i'll be playing that on the post cp stream on wednesday and i've got extra punctuation going out for members on thursday and then adventure is nigh on saturday and there's a new episode just went out publicly so what are you doing not watching that you bastards it is wild. I've looked at every other actor in Star Trek Voyager and I've never seen any of them. They are all they are all completely unknowns to me. What else is coming out on the Escapist this week? Uh oh, Jason Alexander was in an episode. I know him. He played he was George Costanza. Uh later today, uh at the normal time, Casey and Jesse will be back uh with Hidden Gems playing uh a game that uh came out in early access a few weeks ago called the Whisker Squadron Survivor, mm-hmm. which is an indie take on the Star Fox formula. Um so we'll see whether or not that is a hidden gem. 
Uh, tomorrow, there might not be a recap tomorrow because both Darren and I might be out. Uh, however, Jack and uh, uh, Frost should be back with more Dark Souls 2 shenanigans. So stay tuned for that. And then uh, should be the rest of the normal streams the rest of the week. Obviously, post CP uh, breakout. I don't know if Jesse and Casey are going to be starting a new uh, historical game, but um, we'll probably be wrapping up the Portal DLC, um, getting further in Zelda, wrapping up Sly Cooper 1. So all sorts of great stuff. Yeah. And Nick will be back soon from his Iceland trip, assuming he didn't decide to live there and go native. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't blame him. He'll just live in 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 those uh, the the cool. Um, yeah. Was it like the steam the, the the natural hot springs? Yes, and hang out with his famous friends like Björk and other famous Icelandic person. Björk's got to be number one, right? Yeah. Got to be the most famous Icelandic person. She's like the queen of Iceland. And yeah, everyone she's great. Out with her. She's great. Right then. Bye then. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for putting up with my technical difficulties. I appreciate it. There's a cute dog who's very excited to be going on a walk soon. Oh, Davi gets a walk. Davi gets a walk. Bye, everyone. Oh.